Come on, was that awesome or what? Anybody grateful for Jesus? Eric, let me work with you a little bit this week on singing. Um, you missed a couple notes, and we'll work on that a little bit later. Was that awesome or what? Hey, we are blessed. That Christy leaned over to me and said, do you realize how blessed we are to have the worship ministry that we have? Can I get a big amen? Pastor Israel is going to come in just a minute, but uh, how many brought your sermon notebook? How many ready to take notes? Remember we gave them out. Let me see the ones from last week. I'm going to spank some folk if y'all didn't bring it back. <laughs> you got one pass. I see a bunch of them. We, God put in my heart to do something that, honestly, we can't just say we're going to make disciples without proving it. So people even, I, we even got some somewhere. We've got to figure out where the other ones are. I'm going to ask <coughs> Brother Ed, Pastor Ed or Eddie to grab these. Somebody brought these to us this morning because I promised we would continue to do this. If you need a sermon notebook, because everything God says is noteworthy. <coughs> and we want to, we want to, we are very serious about making disciples, students of God's Word. If you'd like a notebook, raise your hand. We're giving these to you. And we have pens also. <coughs> I think we only have about 30. Um, somebody um, brought some more by, and we just got to find where those are, and we're going to keep continuing to get them. But you got you to promise pastor something. If you get one, it's meant to bring back every Sunday. and dedicate that notebook to the Lord. Don't be writing your Christmas list in it. Taking notes on the football game or whatever. All right? So consecrate the notebook to the Lord. I really mean that seriously. Like, like write on the notebook, God, this is your notebook. Use it in your prayer time in the morning. Go back over the notes. We want to we create champions. We want to create students of God's Word. Never feel bad about raising your hand. I want you to take these notebooks, and they're, they're simple little notebooks. And whoever gave these notebooks today, thank you. I'm not sure who did that, but uh, I know you probably don't want to be uh, recognized anyways. Just thank you for bringing notebooks and pens. We'll do it for the next couple weeks probably uh, for people because I want you taking notes. Whether it's in your phone, your iPad, or on a little... I like to, I've got notebooks of years, 20-something years of sermon notes from other pastors in my life. And I, I rely on those notes. I categorize those notes. I scan those notes and do a whole bunch of stuff with them. Uh, and so let's be students of God's Word. Amen. Let's not create God's Word like it was some cheap appetizer, but that it was like filet mignon. Amen. There's countries that cherish the Word of God. They've got pages of the Bible. They don't even get the whole Bible. Uh, that's why we ought to bring our Bibles to church or on our smartphone or whatever. Come on. I know I'm dealing with technology generation also. That's not, you can have your Bible on your phone or whatever. But there's something about having a hard copy and writing it. There's just something about it. Call me old school or what. There's just something about writing down. Because not only were you going to hear things from Pastor Israel this morning, but you're going to hear things from God just that he wants downloaded to you. That's more valuable than hitting red lobster right now. That God's going to give you something that's more valuable than anything. And he may say something directly that you've been saying, God, I need an answer. Pastor Israel is a dear friend. It's awesome to have Israel Campbell, if you're right, taking notes. Pastor Israel Campbell from Wave Church, Los Angeles, California. L.A., not lower Alabama. Pastor Israel is a very, very dear friend. He's got his children with him this morning. We got Chloe and Phoebe right here, and they're gorgeous and awesome. And he's got a big shotgun. And uh, Pastor Silas is in our children's ministry this morning, their son. Pastor Rachel, his wife, has went back to L.A. to minister today. So they started a church, and God sent them. He's originally from Oregon. Then they were in North Carolina. And then God 
picks them up and says, go start in your backyard by faith a church in Los Angeles, California. And what I love is California needs this family. This man will not be moved by liberal agendas and ungodly things. He is moved by the Spirit of God and keeping God's Word the foundation, which I love, especially when you're out in California. My son is, lives in California. And when I went out there, I understand the things that you face. They're a lot different from Alabama, even in the church. The Spirit of God is not in many churches. Um, this man has the Spirit of God. All you had to do this morning was watch his girls worship. Am I, am I right, Kim? I see you nodding your head. That's all you had to do this morning is I turned my head and watched Chloe and Phoebe. You know what that told me? God is in their house, not just their church. You want to know if, a, if, a, if, he's, if someone's a man of God or a woman of God? Look at their spouse and look at their kids. I'm telling you, you'll, you'll see. You'll see God. You'll see if God's there, if you see if he's just a preacher putting on. Because I'd rather my kids serve Jesus and me work at wherever. Come on. I was, we were talking about that in my house last night with Pastor Israel. I said, I'd, I said if you, I even told Isaiah this week, if you put before me Daystar runs 5,000 and I lose my whole family, my kids are ungodly, which would I choose? I would choose my kids to serve God and this church run 50 people. I'm just being honest. Is that all right? Because my family is more valuable than anything. I'm tired of preacher's kids going off the deep end because the preacher was married to the church. Well, we have a man of God in, our, in here this morning. He called me uh, a few weeks ago. I, I was going to preach this morning. And trust me, I, I know we just had a guest speaker, Pastor Ralph, beginning. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not crazy about having a bunch of guest speakers at all. Um, and he called me and said, hey, I'm coming through. Got to go home for, thanks, uh, for Thanksgiving, that kind of thing. And he knows he's friend enough to ask me this. What do you feel in your heart about me speaking? Immediately the Holy Spirit said, this is me. Because I've been trying to get him to speak for two years. And things just didn't work out. And I always want God's timing. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, have him. I even had a thought of, of canceling him, believe it or not, because of different things going on in the church. And the Lord said, no, this is me. Because I canceled somebody else because the Lord told me to. And I said, what about Pastor Israel? Do you want me just to keep preaching every Sunday? And, and the Lord said, no, I want him to speak this morning. It is such an honor. They moved to L.A. They started a church three years ago. They're now in two services in their church, and lives are being changed. They have a heart for the hurting, the bruised, the afflicted, and, 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 and all people, and I love it. And I want you to give a great big day star love welcome to Pastor Israel Campbell. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up those hands towards heaven. Come on, lift up those hands towards heaven. Say this with me. Say, Father God, this morning... I believe I'm leaving this place changed because the Word of God is working in my life. I believe it by faith in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. Slap your neighbor and say, it's good to see you this morning. Amen. You know, uh, I, it is such a privilege and honor to be here. I love your pastors. Uh, in fact, I'm a little bit jealous of your pastor. Don't you think that uh, it's not fair that your pastor can preach, he can teach, he can sing, and he wears great shoes? Come on, somebody. 
Love it, love it, love it. Uh, this morning, same thing, Pastor. I woke up early, and uh, because we're from the West Coast, you know, I should be waking up at later, not earlier, because we're two hours uh, behind you. But this morning, I woke up at 5 a.m. wide awake, which would be about 3 a.m. in L.A. And uh, God just gave me, before I get into the message, I really feel like God gave me a prophetic word uh, for Pastor Scott and Pastor Christie, and it was so weird. Uh, and I hadn't had Starbucks yet. I didn't know if it was God or not. So I thought, I better write this down. And so I'm just going to read what I felt like God's Spirit told me for you two. And, uh, and these were even words that I wouldn't use in my normal vocabulary when I was just talking. So I wrote it down. But I felt like the Spirit of God said, Unprecedented amount of sincere apologies and repentance is coming your way unprecedented not one person but unprecedented amount of sincere apologies and repentance is coming your direction people you are going to be you would have never thought would come and repent or about to come and repent and I felt like God's spirit and, I, and, and so you can look at this this isn't I wrote it down and I felt like God said people are fruit inspectors and what they're doing now is they're inspecting the fruit going, yeah, I was wrong. And they misjudged or misthought or missaid. And what you've done is you've outlasted and the fruit is now showing. And when you took the high road and they took the low road, they've seen the fruit now and there's going to be an unprecedented unprecedented amount of sincere apologies and repentance and because of it I felt like God said I wrote this is going to unlock a new sphere of influence and new doors of momentum in the church and church growth is coming and um, uh, it's not going to do this I, I, they're not going to repent and come back um, which maybe some of them will. I'm not trying to say that they won't, but I feel like some people are going to repent. But what it's going to do is it's actually going to do something better than them just coming back. What it's going to do is it's unlocking a new sphere of influence. It's almost like their repentance is unlocking another door. And, uh, and that's just what I felt like at 5 in the morning before Starbucks. You guys be the judge of that and see if that's a God word. But uh, come on, anybody believe that God can speak even at 3? in the morning. I, it is such a privilege and honor to be here. I know you've been discussing or talking about the power of one, and I love these verses. Psalms chapter 133 verse 1 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, it's good. Come on and say, it's pleasant. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Somebody say that with me. Say, make every effort. And then 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be uh, compassionate and humble. Finally, Peter says, all of you 
be like-minded. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. We thank you that it is your word that renews our mind, changes the way we think. It's your word. The psalmist said, if we can get it in our heart, it'll keep us from sinning against you. It's your word that is sharper than two, uh, any two-edged sword. God, it gets and cuts to straight to the situation. We thank you that there's power in your word. And, that, and God, I just pray that you would custom make this message for every person in here so that when we leave, we would literally be changed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, recently, I was, I was preaching uh, at a, 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 a pretty large church. It's actually uh, one of T.D. Jake's campuses, and I'm not trying to name drop. I, I, I don't like that. I was just talking to Oprah about that the other day, just about how much I, I don't like that. But... Um, uh, I was got done speaking, and it was one of those where you feel good about it, like you felt like you do pretty good. And uh, something that you don't know about me is uh, I was actually um, born. I was abandoned when I was a kid. My mom uh, struggled with addiction, and uh, so when I was born, I actually went through heroin withdrawals when I was born as a baby. Uh, some of you will say, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense after you hear me preach for a while, but um, that's a different story. Uh, uh, but one of of the uh, uh, bad things was I was actually born deaf in my left ear, and so I'm 100% deaf in my left ear, and most people don't know it. I do a pretty good job of moving my ear around uh, and uh, listening. It's always awkward when somebody wants to whisper in my ear that I can't hear, so I have to kind of move my head like this, and they're like, why are you trying to kiss me? I'm not. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to hear you, but um, uh, and so I, I, I don't hear very well. That's one thing you might, the, the, just telling you a little bit about myself. And the other thing is that I am a bad traveler. Any bad travelers? Anybody bad at traveling? Just I'm just not good at it. I'm, I am. When you started talking about selfishness, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit because like, I want uh, every mile I tithe with my American Express card, uh, and, and I want my miles. I want my upgrades. I, I keep track of those miles. I am, I am like crazy about it, and, and because I've flown so much, like you get certain perks when you fly that much and I want those perks. Does anybody want that? You know what I'm talking about? Just kind of like I want that stuff. And so uh, because of that, I always like get sometimes upgraded on my airplane flight or they give me free snacks. I want those snacks, man. I want them. And uh, or they let me get on the plane. And, and so I just got done preaching and I didn't hear, but I thought I heard. But they said uh, anybody that is serves on the military, you can board the plane first because we wanted to honor the troops how many of you thank God for the men and women that serve our country and uh, and so they said you can board first well I didn't hear I thought they were talking about like my status uh, for Delta and and so I thought that they were saying I could board first uh, and so I just got on the plane and, and I got up there and and the lady when I got up there she said thank you for your service and I was thinking because I just preached that like man Maybe she heard me. You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know, and I did the, I did the pastor thing, like, it's Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just got there. Got on, I was the first one to board the plane and got on the plane. And as I was getting on the plane, the stewardesses and even the captain was out of the cockpit. And he, they were like, hey, thank you for your service. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, everybody has seen me preach. Every. 
everybody is talking about me. And I, so I sat down and I was just like, oh my goodness, I am like the next Joel Osteen, right? This is your Bible? Come on, I was so excited. And about five to seven people getting on the plane patted me on the shoulder and said, thank you for your service. And I just kept on thinking, man, I mean, it was good, but I didn't know it was that good. And I'm like, man, Bishop must have been tweeting about it. Like, what the heck is happening? And so I just the whole plane ride, man, I was imagining New York Times bestselling books. I was imagining that Dr. Cho was going to want to have me preach on prayer in Korea. I just was like all these opportunities in my mind that I'd be finally after two years, I'd get to speak at Daystar. I was thinking about all these things would happen. And, uh, and so then when I got off the plane, my wife immediately calls me and she's like, Israel, why is Delta Airlines Instagram have a picture of you that says, thank you for the service that you do for the United States military? Just, just forgive me right now. Anyone who has served in active duty, I apologize. I was not trying to impersonate or take away your honor. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, honor. <laughs> Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, unity. I, 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 I love the fact that I found myself in a situation that, that could have been actually causing more division. Can you imagine a preacher, what they could have put on the newspaper or Twitter, preacher pretending he's in the military to get a good seat on an airplane? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, but thinking about what you guys were talking about and the talking about the power of one and talking about unity. And I just began to think about in my own life how many times just in situations we just maybe we don't hear. Maybe we don't know. Maybe we just find ourselves in a situation that's that's not actually bringing unity, but it's actually pulling apart. And so I, I, I began to think about this morning if I was going to subtitle the message, I would subtitle it a propensity for unity. Come on, somebody say propensity. Propensity isn't a word that I use in my everyday uh, words, so I had to look it up. And it actually means an inclination or natural tendency to behave in a particular way. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 says that Paul says to the pastors and teachers that they are to the equip the saints until we all attain to the unity and faith of the knowledge of Son of God. Uh, I love that. I want to have as a church member, as a pastor, as a communicator of the gospel I want to have part of my DNA I want to have part of my mentality I want to have part of my attitude is a person that seeks unity and not division come on push your neighbor and say he's preaching good right now come on push your other neighbor and say it's going to get better I, I, I love that, and I, I want to look at a text this morning just quickly, and uh, uh, your pastor actually didn't even tell me how long I had to preach. Uh, who will give me at least five minutes? Anybody give me five minutes this morning? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Oh, we got plenty of time. The, the Numbers chapter 27, and this is the text that I want to preach with. If you're taking notes, which I heard uh, what your pastor was saying, all of you are, so if you're taking notes this morning, Numbers chapter Chapter 27, and I want to read a, 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 just a, a, a short a little passage of scripture. It says this, that one day a petition was presented by the daughters of Zeliophat. 
Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terzah. Their father, Zeliophad, was a descendant of Hepher, son of Gilead, son of Mekur, son of Manasseh, son of Joseph. These women stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the tribal leaders, and the entire community at the entrance of the tabernacle. They said, our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who rebelled against the Lord. He died because of his own sin, but he had no sons. Why should the name of our father disappear from the clan just because he had no sons? Give us property along with the rest of our relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord replied to Moses, the claim of the daughters of Zeliophad is legitimate. You must grant them land among with their father's relatives, assign them the property that would have been given to their father. I love this passage of scripture. The story is of five daughters who were bold enough to understand that there was a small type of division that was happening with the children of Israel, yet they had the faith and the tenacity to still get what God had promised them. But out of this scripture gives us some incredible insights of the series we're talking about, The Power of One, or what I'm talking about today, the power and the mentality and the mindset of unity. And the first thing that I would pull out of this text is, uh, I wrote this, stop looking for the utopia of perfection. Let me, let me break that down for a second. We live in a society that is so critical and is always looking for something wrong with the situation instead of what is right with the situation. And if you've been raised in church long enough or you've been around long enough, if you're looking for perfection, you're going to continue to be disappointed because the Bible says that God is coming back. Jesus is coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle which lets us know that since he's not back, there must be some spots and there must be some wrinkles. I met this one lady one time. She came up to me and said, Pastor Israel! Because I used to pastor in North Carolina and that's how they talk in North Carolina. And she said, I have been to five churches and every church I've been to, I was hurt. And I just kind of thought, Let's do the math here. <laughs> if every church you've been at, you've been hurt, what's the, what's the common denominator on that one situation? And, 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 and let me get you, let me, let me just say, yeah, we, we, there will be opportunities for us to be offended and there will be opportunities for us to get hurt. But what if you're just looking for everything to be perfect, you're going to be looking for a long time. Because part of this story is that the five daughters of Zeliophad had been left out of their uh, future and destiny. One of the reasons why I like this text is it's not a text that just tells us the good things that were happening in the Old Testament. It lets us know some of the bad things that were happening in the Old Testament. But what it lets us know is because they stayed the course and because they had the right attitude and because they fought for unity, there was actually a breakthrough. But if you keep on looking for the perfect fit and you keep on looking for perfection, you'll never walk in what God has for you and you'll just continue to wander in the wilderness and never walk in your prophetic destiny until you 
you realize that you know what? You'll never find perfection, but God can use you to bring things and make them better. Does that make sense? So this is a situation we see in the Old Testament. We see a situation in the New Testament. The Bible says in the book of Acts that there were disagreements. There were arguments. There were things that had to be worked out. But what we have a problem with in America is we just want everything to be so cookie-cutter, fresh, and good for us that we become consumers instead of those that actually make the church better. And the church isn't better by you leaving. The church is better by you sticking through some things sticking through some storms and sticking through some things. If this is only you like it, if they sing your song or they preach the way you like to be preached to, then you really aren't a mature Christian because a mature Christian doesn't come to church just on Sunday for themselves. They come to church with somebody hoping that they will get saved, hoping they will get delivered, praying that they will be changed. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? And so stop looking for the perfect church. Because if you're going to it, it's not going to be one. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Come on, does that make sense? And if you found the perfect church, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Right? And, and, and if you're here now and you think it's the perfect church, just wait a little bit. We'll step on your toes. Give me about seven minutes and I'll say something that's going to offend you, going to frustrate you, something that you're not going to like. I might say something about Auburn and that could get half the church to leave right there. I had my, I, I just want you to know I had my Alabama gear on yesterday. I did do that. But, 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 but what we do is we always look for this perfect situation. Instead of saying, you know what, in this, God can use me to make this better. What if the daughters of Zelophad would have just said, I don't need Moses. I don't need Eleazar. And we don't need this family. They'd have missed out on the opportunity to not only help themselves, but actually help the children of Israel pass a law that changed the dynamics of the history of Israel and even today. Come on, you are not here by accident. You have not been brought to this church just because uh, you didn't have anywhere else to go, but you have been gifted. You have been talented. There are things on you. There are inventions in you, and we are glad you're not all the same. We are glad that every single one of you have a separate DNA. Every single one of you have a separate purpose. Every single one of you have a greater calling, and we're not uh, embarrassed by that we're not intimidated by that but that's what's called the body of Christ come on and we are more powerful together than we are separate come on when we come together God can do something mighty push your neighbor and say unity, unity. commands a blessing I like this text too I know it's a weird story but I like this text because it lets us know that unity and purpose is never handed out uh, I, I, I heard your pastor quote uh, uh, Veggie Tales, and, and I'll, I'll have to, I'm not as sanctified and as saved as he is, but uh, I'll have to quote the poets of 1980 Beastie Boys that said, you have to fight for your right to party. <laughs> 
Come on. Uh, destiny and purpose and unity is never just handed out. It is actually something that we have to fight for. This morning I was doing my devotions and uh, I, I, read, I read this text. It wasn't even in my notes that, that we handed out for everyone. But it says this in Romans chapter 14 verse 19. Let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. That word follow is actually the Greek word dioko which means it's a hunting term which was talked about a hunter who is following after his prey I love that 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 Greek word that Paul is talking about is that unity is not just handed in our lap but we have to go looking for it we've got to go hunting for it we've got to go follow it it doesn't just land in our lap unity is difficult unity is hard unity is intentional and if we're gonna have it and be a church that reaches thousands and makes a difference in Alabama, makes a difference in Mississippi, makes a difference in the other communities and the other campuses. Come on, we've got to be the kind of people that look after, hunt after, and fight for unity. It's not just going to happen. It's going to take somebody to say, you know what? I know what God wants for his house. I know what God wants for my family. I know what God wants, and I'm not just going to hope it lands in my hands. I'm going to fight for this thing. Is there anybody in here that would say, yep, I'll fight for my church. Come on. I'll fight for the person on my right. I'll fight for the person on my left. Come on. I'm going to fight for unity. Is there anybody in here that says, yeah. I love that. They, they, they fought for it. it did, they, they, they said, hey, this is something that is dear to our heart. It could be causing division. You're wanting to move forward, but I say, come on, before we go forward, let's get this part right. Right? It's not just going to change. we got to fight for it. For the body of Christ to get better, for the body of Christ to be the example to the world, it's not just going to have to, it's not just going to happen. There's, we're going to have to fight for this. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm for you. Are you for me? Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe in you. Come on, tell them, I believe in you so much that after church, I'll let you take me to lunch. How many of you say amen to that? So, 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 this is a scripture verse. Check it out. Five daughters of Zeliophad, they're on the brink of going into the promised land, possessing, yet they got left out. They could have been left out. They could have gotten an attitude that would have separated them. They could have said, forget Moses, forget Eleazar. We're going to go take this land on our own. We deserve it. We deserve it. This is wrong. I'm going to boycott Israel. Which is my name. Because <laughs> this is, no, 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 no. They had to fight for it. I said they had to fight for it. Come on, unity is something that we fight for. Unity is something, nah. -uh. This church, no matter how much America becomes fragmented, there is one place that their world can look, that a place that brings unity together, and it's you and I. Come on, how many of you believe God can use us? I said, how many of you believe God can use us to bring unity? Amen? I, I, I wrote this. I love the fact that where did they go to find this unity 
And where did they go to find their prophetic promise? The Bible says that they stood at the doors of the tabernacle. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, go to the right place. See, see you're, how many of you know you're in the right place this morning? Two of you. Come on, how many of you believe you're in the right place this morning? You could have been anywhere. You could have been listening to Sister Sheets or Pastor Pillows this morning, right? You, you, you could have been at Church of St. Mattress, right? You could have been there, but you came here. Can I tell you that the church is the greatest organization on the planet because it's more than an organization? Come on, the church is the hope of the world. And if you're a Republican, you're going to be frustrated by some Republicans. If you're a Democrat, you're going to be frustrated by some Democrats. If you're an independent, you're going to be frustrated at some independents. If you're a Girl Scout, you're going to be upset because they don't make enough Girl Scout cookies. Come on. If you're a Boy Scout, you're going to be upset. If you're looking to man's institutions to try to find peace, you are going to be frustrated in this world that is dominated by sin. Can I tell you NATO can't fix it? Can I tell you Greenpeace can't fix it? Can I tell you the Republican and the Democratic Party can't fix it? Can I even tell you the United States in general can't fix it? But can I tell you who can fix it? It's called you and I, and we're part of something that is more than just this city. It is global, and it is called the church, and we can show answers to the world. I love the church. Look around you. You see black folk. You see white folk. You see brown folk. Come on, you see old folk. You see young folks. I love this church. You got people with hair, people, people with, with nair. <laughs> Come on, look around here. Look at this is what heaven is going to be like. Come on, we got skinny folks. We got blessed folks. Republican, Democrat, Independent. We got people that like hip-hop and country music in the same room. We got all kinds of people with high education. Some of us, uneducated. <laughs> got all kinds of different people. But we all came in with one purpose and one thing that binds us called the blood of Jesus. And so we are the most powerful force on the planet because we've got something that binds us all together. Everything else can be torn apart. Everything else can be uh, uh, divided. But you can't divide you and I because we have something flowing the same. We may look different. We may talk different. You may be from Alabama and I may be from L.A. Come on it doesn't matter we are still the same because if you cut us inside spiritually we all bleed the same and it's called the blood of Jesus I'm not here because I'm good enough I'm not here because I'm smart enough I'm here because of God's grace and you're here because of God's grace and because we're all here we can change this planet because there is no weapon that is formed against us that's going to prosper come on we are the head and not the tail we are above and not beneath we're the church of the Almighty and God is going to use us in the last days to be an example. The Bible says that all nations will flow. Come on. All nations will come to the house of God to see how it's done. United Nations? That's us. All of us.
from different backgrounds coming together because of the power of God and the blood of Jesus. Come on, point to the person next to you and say, you're my brother. Come on, point to the other lady and say, you're my sister. Somebody say amen. I, I, uh, my wife and I pastored before we went to L.A. We pastored in North Carolina. And in North Carolina, just where we were at, the, the churches were what, what they had said historically were, was true. The most segregated time on a Sunday or a time of the week was Sunday in our city. And we had black folk church, we had white folk church, we had Hispanic church, and we just thought, that's not heaven. We're going we're gonna to change that. We're going to fight for that. And, uh, and so uh, we put out billboards. We put out billboards on our highway, billboards in our city, and, uh, and, and it said, laundry is the only thing that should be separated by color. That's what we put. We put these billboards with our church name. Laundry is the only thing that should be separated by color. And I was so proud. I was like, I was, we were just so good. Look at how good we are to put up that billboard. And I thought everybody would like it, right? I thought everybody would be like, Hercules, Hercules. I, I, I just, I thought, I thought everybody would like that. Ooh. Man, I, we had people leave the church. Because of our billboard. We, we, people left. We, 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 we had people call us names. We had things said about us. My, my daughters who were in Christian school at the time. Christian school. Cri Christian. 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 Cross. Christian. They had a flag and a Christian flag. They pledged allegiance to the Christian flag. Talking trash to my kids. Because we wanted to have heaven represented. See, people, people would rather sometimes have a club with just their own like and own type of people. But what is happening at this church is not happening everywhere else in the United States or happening everywhere else in the world. But guess what? Every Sunday, when you make a declaration to come to Daystar, when you say, you know what? I'm going to be part of a church that Jesus would be proud of. I want to go to a church that represents heaven. Can I tell you that all of hell shakes and shudders because now we're getting a revelation of who the church really is and what the church can do? Because listen, unity is more powerful when there's disagreement and you come in a line and say, I choose unity. Push your neighbor and say, that's good. Let, 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 let me just talk about that for a second. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's further on in my notes, but let me just talk about that. The power of unity. Uh, uh, it's not unity when everything is what you like. No, no, no. That, 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 there's no power in that. Because now all you're doing is looking for what you like. I, I, I remember when I went to, when I was a youth pastor in Seattle, we, we were kind of an all-white church. Uh, and uh, we, we just kind of with a Microsoft and, and, and all, we just kind of, a, and we sang songs like, Lord, I lift your name on high. And, and, and if it was really going, we would kind of like clap like this, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high. We were just, you know, one and two. One and three or two and five. We just, we just, we just real simple. Just 
kind of like this. And then I, I, I got asked to youth pastor in Orlando, Florida. So we moved from Seattle to all-white church and, and I moved to an all-predominantly uh, African-American church. And, and, and they, didn't, they didn't do this. Uh, uh, they did this. They, they clapped a little bit different. I, I was just... We lift your, and they were like, Lord, we lift your name on high. And, 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 uh, 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 and I'll, I'll never forget uh, when, when we preached in Seattle, we would, we, would, we would stand behind the pulpit and we would read the notes and our, our voice was very monotone and we would get to the thing. And then I went to this other church and the pastor would preach. <laughs> and the people would be people would be standing while you were pre- we never stood in our church and then people would be like preacher white boy and and uh, and, I, and, I, and and I just went, whoa and it, it was it was a little bit different come on point to your neighbor and say sometimes it's a little bit different <laughs> Come on, it might be different than what I'm used to. It might be different from it. But see, I didn't understand it because I went from this uh, uh, to this. But then I, God knew the whole thing because he knew that we were going to go to North Carolina and that we would put up billboards that said things like laundry is the only thing that should be separated by color. So then when we moved there, not only did I know how to do this, but I also knew how to ha! And, and, and we just kind of did a hybrid and did it. And something happens when we come together and not just look for what we're comfortable with or what we've been raised with. Maybe you were raised in an all-black church. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe you were raised in an all-white church. But can I tell you, heaven is not going to have an all-black section and an all-white section. It's going to only have a kingdom section. So we might as well get used to a little bit of stuff that we may not understand, but we understand God. I wish I could just get a couple hundred people this morning that would understand that this morning you begin to do something incredible because you got here this morning and you chose unity slap your neighbor and say I need you and you need me is this all right is this all right I'm flustered with where I'm at in my notes but that's okay I, 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 I wrote this number four I wrote tone is everything you hear this text Tone is everything. Somebody say, tone Tone. is everything. You can be 100% right, but with the way you say it, you can be 100% wrong. Is this working, sound man? Because that was really good. I thought I'd get some amen. Sound man, that's on? Okay, good, good, good. Right? Tone is everything. My wife is the sweetest woman you will ever meet in the world. You will say, hmm, Israel's anointed because how could he have gotten that fine of a woman? Looking at him, you would know it was the anointing of God. Somebody say amen. She is so sweet. She is so nice. Everybody in the church loves her. But when it comes to customer service, my wife has no skills whatsoever. She can have a receipt, and she could have it for a day, and she cannot get it returned at Walmart. Me, I don't even need a receipt. I didn't even have to buy the object from Walmart. And they will return it because of my tone. 
kids, am I telling the truth? I don't know what it is. Maybe I watched too much Eddie Haskell as a kid. Some of you don't even know who Eddie Haskell is. Millennials don't know nobody. But, 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 but I'll go up to the counter and I'll be like explaining it. Pull out a little bit of that North Carolina. Hey, Shug. <laughs> right, right? And in California, they're not used to anybody being nice. I'll smile. Say, I got a problem. I got this, but I don't have my receipt. Is there, can you, is there anything you could do? I know it's my fault, but is there anything you can do to help me? They will take a look at that item, and they're like, well, normally, we're not supposed to do this. <laughs> and I'll walk out, favor ain't fair. <laughs> but my wife, who's actually sweet, she gets in there and has her receipt. And I don't know why, and I don't know what she says, but everything she says is 100% right. But because of a little bit of attitude she has, little bit of, you shouldn't have sold me this defective thing attitude, they will not deny her every time. She will come out of the parking lot frustrated, give me the receipt. I'll go in there and I'll get something for free on top of it. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, tone is everything. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am a, only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. A, a tone, if you can get this, will change your job. It'll change your marriage. It will even change your relationship in church. And it will change even ministry opportunities because of your tone. One time my wife said, do these pants make me look fat? I understood something. <laughs> I may not have been the smartest person in my family, but I knew the tone that I answered that could change my life for the good or for the bad. You know what I did? I just went up to her, grabbed her, and I started slow dancing with her. She said, what are you doing? And I said, I thought you asked me, would I like to dance? <laughs> Come on, somebody say, tone is everything. You'll get that on your way home. That'll be good. I, I, I wrote this. I wrote this. I, I, don't let your past dictate your future. I don't even want to go there. I want to stay on this tone. Is this all right? Check it out. These women were told, you have no prophetic future. Everyone else is about to possess what God has called you to possess. But you're not getting anything. But do you hear the tone that they address Moses, Eleazar, and the other leaders of the church? If we could get a hold of this... We could see transformation in our life. But instead of having, and if anyone had deserved a right to have an attitude, if anyone had the right 
to, in a sense, be upset and mad, it should have been these five daughters of Zelophehad. They had been stolen their inheritance. Everyone else had been wandering for 40 years and was on the verge of walking in their prophetic destiny. And these five daughters were told they didn't have anything. But if we can read the text and realize the tone of which they went to God, the tone of which they went to Moses, the tone of what they went to Eleazar, I wonder how much they received just in the fact that they had the right tone. I wonder if we wouldn't even read this text, if they would have came in with an attitude, came in with a, a hate, a, a come in already judging the situation, they may have missed out on what God had for them. Oh, it's quiet in here. That is so good, Israel. Oh my goodness, that'll change your life. That's amazing. Oh my goodness, I wish my wife was listening to this. Oh, if my husband could get a hold of this one. You wonder why you haven't been promoted? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You wonder why your husband zones you out? You wonder why your kids don't listen to you? If we can learn tone, say it in love, say it in faith. Come on, these daughters of Zelophehad, they had been robbed from. They had been, in a sense, stolen from. But they came in there with the right tone, knowing that God was for them. Knowing that, you know what? These people actually want to do the right thing instead of going into the meeting thinking they wanted to do the wrong thing. They had a mentality, we're going to work this out. They had a mentality, we're going to possess. They had a mentality, we're going to move forward. It's quiet in here. Come on, tone is everything. Where we talk to those in authority, tone's important. Where we talk to one another, tone's important. You can be 100% right and 100% wrong with the attitude and tone you say it in. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, say it in the right tone. Say amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Last one, I'll close with this. Is this all right? No, no, I got two more. Who, who give me two more things? Two more things. Just two, two more things from this text. Famous last words. I wrote this. I wrote this. I wrote, don't let your past dictate your future. I love what they said. Our, our dad died in the wilderness, but that shouldn't affect our future. Too many people bringing what happened in 1973 into 2017. I love the fact that they were like, don't, don't let his past affect our future. Just because that happened then shouldn't dictate what happens now. Mm, I feel a prophetic word coming on. I, I, this is kind of a, a prophetic word that God gives me time to time. But uh, some of you will relate to this, but there's a, there's a, a rewind button on every uh, 
VCR or a, a, on your stereo if you're playing a CD or if you're old school like me, you still got a cassette, right? You still got a, anybody still got a cassette player? I got this one Ron Cannoli that I still only own cassette. Come on. And, and, and there, remember, and even today's new, whether it's an iPod or your iPhone, there's a rewind button. The problem with rewind is that you're always going and, and, and going back. And I just feel like prophetically God is going to break our rewind button. And the only thing that's going to work in the future is our forward button and our fast forward. And, and not talking about what happened behind you, but look forward to what God has in front of you. See, the automobile industry has understood a concept. They make very tiny windshield, uh, a, a tiny rear view mirrors, but they make in, in, in huge enlarged windshields. Why? Because they understand it's more important for you to realize where you're going than to see where you've been. And I have a prophetic word for you, Daystar. God is doing something inside of you that I don't know what happened in your past. I don't know what happened to you as a kid. I don't know what words had been said over you, but I can declare that those words are being broken and you are being healed and no longer are you going to be bound by what happened yesterday. But come on, somebody in here is getting released and I came all the way from Los Angeles to tell somebody that who the sun sets free is free indeed and come on somebody is about to leave this church change this place with an encounter with God that your past will not dictate your future anymore come on if you believe that would you give Jesus about a 15 second praise come on could you give him about a 15 second praise and say my past does not di di dictate <laughs> my future in Jesus' name. I'll close with this. Is this all right? Five daughters of Zeliophad. I have, I have two daughters, Phoebe and Chloe, that are traveling with me, and I, I absolutely love them. But one is a senior in high school, and one is a freshman in high school. And, and, uh, I, I, and they, they don't always get along. I, I loved it when you said you saw them worshiping. I, I thought that you might have seen them punching each other or, or doing something. Because they, they, normally they, they, they love God and they, they, they like each other. You know what I'm saying? And, and they're just at that age where there's a little bit of sibling rivalry. And we tell them that, that, that they're going to be best friends when they get older. But right now it's just kind of that, that situation. Like this morning. Just this morning, on the way to God's house, on the way to God's house, I asked Phoebe if she would drive, and Chloe, my youngest daughter, said, Dad, I'd drive, and she's 14, so she can't drive in the state of Alabama or any other reasonable state, right? And, uh, and, and so on the way to church, she says, can, uh, she said, can I drive? And my daughter that is able to drive said, hey, I'm glad we're going to church to see Jesus, but I don't want to see Jesus too soon. <laughs> Was what she said about my other daughter driving. And my other daughter didn't receive that with, with full affirmation and just say, oh, you're right. She went on to say, you'll kill us with your driving. <laughs> and I'm trying to be anointed for today. Trying to be anointed for today. And they're about 
to kill each other. Now that was two girls. This guy had five daughters. No wonder he died in the wilderness. Five daughters. Five daughters. And, and I looked up in the Hebrew what mala means. And mala means infirmity. I looked up what Noah means and it means movement. I looked up what Milka means, it means queen. I looked up what Terza means and it means pleasing. I looked up what Holgala means and it means dancing. Can't you just see Mila? She's the one that's always sick. Always looking up WebMD. I got the sniffles, but I think it's an allergy. I don't think it's just a normal allergy. I think I'm allergic to food in general. Right? Can't you see her? I just don't feel good. We're supposed to go get our inheritance, but I just don't feel, I don't know. I think about having a fever. I'm kind of sweating. You know what? If you look on WebMD, if you're sweating, you have a fever, I think I have malaria. I really do. I saw a mosquito three weeks ago. I have malaria. Right? So you got, you got her doing that. Then, then who else do you got? You got Noah, which means movement. Yeah, I got those hyper kids or hyper people. You know, they're always moving, always moving their feet, always tapping on something, always moving, just kind of like that. Can't you just always see her? Here you got somebody that's, I don't feel good enough. And then you got somebody else that's like, where are we going? Huh, huh, where are we, can we go now? I haven't even had a Starbucks. And you're like, why are they so hyper? Because they're always moving and always doing stuff, always talking with their hands. You know, the people, they're talking and they're just trying to tell you about Jesus, but their hands are going way everywhere. Can't you see the two? One of them is sick. I just don't feel good. The other one's like, where are we going? We're going to get the promised land? Are we going to get it? Or are we going to get it? What? Are we going to the tabernacle? The tabernacle? We're going there? They got the two. Then who? Well, after Noah, we, we, we got Milka, which means queen. You know it? You know every family's got the queen. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of diva-esque. Come on, somebody say diva-esque. You got, you got sickness, and I don't want to go. You got movement, and then you got, you got queen, oh, oh no, oh, oh. oh no, she didn't. Right, you got, you got sickness, you got movement, and you got diva queen. Not just that, look, 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 look. not just that. Then you got pleasing, Terza, always wanting to know, if it's okay with everyone else. Well, what do you want to do? You want to go out to eat? I'll go out to eat, but what do you want to eat? Oh, I, I mean, I'll eat whatever you want to eat. What do we, and they can't make a decision on where to eat. What should we watch? Should we watch the Hallmark Channel or should we watch the game? I don't know. What do you want to do? Oh, I, I don't really care. It's not about me. It's about you. What do you want to do? Can't even make a decision. Oh, so there's one. I don't want to go to Moses. There's one that's going, yeah, let's go. Come on, let's go to the tabernacle. There's somebody that's like a diva asking like, oh yeah, he better be ready for me. I hope Moses knows that I am on my way. And then you got the other one going, should we really even go? I don't even know if we should go. Do you think we should go? I mean, let's take a vote. Should we all go or should we not go? You think all oh, just four of you, you should go or should I go? Right? You got four of them. And then you got at the end, you've got a uh, Holga, which means dancing. You know those personalities that just are kind of like just happy about everything in life and everything is just Hercules and everything is just, oh, we're going to the tabernacle. Woo! Right? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? If they're next to you, don't point to them. Just kind of move your eyebrows and go, yep, yep. I got a dancer in front of me. 
You know, you know, and every church has one. It's a, it doesn't even have to be a fast song, and they're already on the very front row ready to dance. Right? Ready? Just that personality. So you got, I don't want to go. You, you got the queen. You, 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 you've got movement. Let's go. Let's go. You got, uh, you want to go? I'll go if you want to go. I mean, I don't know. And then, and then you've got the dance. That's going to be awesome. But they all had different personalities. But they all came together, the Bible says, unified. It wasn't just one that came forward. It was all the daughters came together. A little bit different, different personalities, why you're different, moving different, talking different, looking at life different. But can't you see them? I can't wait to get to heaven and watch this on Blu-ray and see all five of them. Come on, hand in hand, going together. Not one of them in the lead and not one of them left behind, but all of them coming together and say there is power in unity. Come on, there is power when we come together. There's a power of one. Come on, we are not by ourselves. We're not isolated. It's not about my taste buds and your taste buds and your personality and my personality come on what we're gonna do is we're gonna come together and we may be different but there is power when we come together and so all five of those girls even though they were different even though they 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 they, they operated and were even prophetically named different they all came together as one and because they came to one Moses began to seek God and say what should we do with these daughters and can I tell you that those daughters left that day with more than what they came to. There is something that happens when we come together as the body of Christ and we understand the principle that there is power in one. There is power in unity. It's not about just me, but together. Come on. I'm not leaving unless you get blessed. You're not leaving unless I get blessed. We're going to come in here and we're going to call out on God and we're going to say, God, would you move on our behalf? And the Bible says that when any two or more come into agreement. Come on. The Bible says that unity commands a blessing. And because they came together, they left that place changed. I wonder if this morning on Thanksgiving weekend, if there would be anybody that would say, yeah, I didn't come here just for me, but I wanted the person in front of me, the person behind me, the person next to me to get changed. And God, I believe that together you can do something mighty. Come on. If you believe it, would you say, yeah, would you stand and grab your neighbor by the hand come on grab your neighbor by the hand tell that neighbor on your left come on tell that neighbor on your left say I need you and you need me come on look to your second favorite neighbor <laughs> say I need you and you need me Here's a story. Five women who were told you can't possess what has been promised to you. And they decided, instead of throwing a fit, they decided instead of rebelling, doing their own thing, they decided there's power in unity. We're going to come together. We're going to seek God. And we're going to leave 
changed. Five came in as individuals, but they left as a nation unified. Actually, you could say, you could say this, you could say they entered a dysfunctional situation, but because of their response, they left the situation better than how they came into it. What's interesting about this text is at that time, women had no rights when it came to property, when it came to ownership. Up until that point, women were, you had no option. But I love the fact that what they were upset about was 100% right, but their tone in it kept them in the right frame. And because of what they did, check this out, not only did it set precedent for them at that time, so there'll be some things right now that you're going to bring and you're gonna fight for and you're gonna declare, God, I believe you're gonna bring unity into this situation. And God won't only bless you, but did you know that the, the, law, the land laws in the United States of America today reflect this change? That it wouldn't just go to the oldest son, but it would go to the eldest son or daughter. These five daughters, when they fought for unity, were not only fighting for present day situations, but they were actually creating a rule that thousands of years later would still be in precedent. See, when you and I decide that we're gonna fight for unity, when you and I say there is power as one, when you and I say, come on, together we're stronger, it's not just affecting this community now, but it is actually causing the atmosphere to switch and change for future generations. Come on, future generations would be able to look back and say, look what grandma did at Daystar. Look what mama did at Daystar. I'm so proud of what my parents did by making a choice that unity was, even if it wasn't popular, even if everyone else in America wasn't grabbing a hold of it, my parents were on the forefront and they understood the power of one and they understood that unity commands a blessing. And can I tell you, the person that you're grabbing their hand with now on the right and on the left when we come unified it not only creates a blessing for us but it creates a blessing for further generations come on our choices are making a difference for generations to come come on if you believe that say yeah oh i love this text i love this text i'm closing my bible doesn't mean anything if you know a pastor but make it make you feel good for a few seconds. <laughs> I'm putting everything down. Look. Not touching it. I'm wrapping up. I, I love the fact, I love the fact that, that it seems pretty easy to me. Their dad died. They should get the land. But the Bible said that Moses actually had to go to God about it. It's kind of weird because I would like Moses, you know, Moses, 
Uh huh. Ten Commandment, Moses. You know, dude, open the Red Sea. But even Moses had blind spots that he didn't see. But you know what's so awesome about God? That no matter who our leadership is or what our leadership is, even if they have blind spots, if we will handle it correctly, God will speak to them. God will speak to them. And you know what's so so frustrating? It's frustrating as a leader, as a pastor, pastor in LA, it's frustrating as a pastor when somebody makes a choice to leave or a choice to not fight for unity and haven't even given me a chance to hear from God on it yet. Because I promise you this, any great man, woman of God like your pastors are constantly going before God's throne saying, God, what can I do to lead better? What can I do to equip more? What can I do to make more disciples? But the daughters of Zeliophad understood something. They understood the way to get God to change it would be to go through the set man, the man of God, and say, come on, I trust you to hear from God. And sure enough, Moses came back and said, hey, this is what God said. This is what God's heart on the matter is. Can I tell you something? How you trust God is by trusting leadership to hear from God. Oh, that got real quiet in here. I, I, just, does that make sense? I don't know if it, I, 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 I don't know if I, I'm saying that too harshly, but I just like give me a chance to hear from God. Give me a chance, because I seriously, leadership wants to hear from God. Wants to hear from God, and I, I, I can't go to my notes. I gotta close. I gotta close. I, maybe you were hurt in church, and I'm so so sorry. Maybe. Maybe you had a Moses. Maybe you had a father figure. Maybe you had somebody that didn't see it and you got hurt because they didn't see it. And I, 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 we, we as pastors apologize for that because we know that would never be our intention, but we do know that sometimes that happens. What I love about God is this story gets brought up in the Bible again later on when Moses was not there and it was Joshua. But you know what is so awesome about God? Is even under new leadership, God will equip the new leader to help you with this new season that you're walking in. And so I felt like this morning, I just felt like this morning, ah, you can almost, Pastor Scott, if I could just use you for a second, I could just use you for a second, you and your cool leather coat. Man of God, look at those shoes. Uh, uh, you, we can do this. Because we got hurt by someone in the other season, we can almost like, almost like just keep pastor at a hand, because we don't want to get hurt again. Does that make sense? So we just, we'll say amen and we, we, we'll, we'll come to Bible study and we'll, we'll do stuff, but I got hurt before, so I'm going to keep you at arm's distance. 
You see, then that's not true unity. You're, it's not true unity because you're, you're, not, you're, you're not unified. You're just kind of, and you've been hurt, and so you're, you're afraid. And, and if I could tell you something, I don't have time to tell you my story, but the reason I believe that I'm here is I, I have a story of being hurt. My, my mom and dad who raised me uh, became pastors and were pastors of a church in Seattle, and my dad died when I was 16 years old, and the pastor, uh, I, I wasn't old enough to be the pastor, uh, and but it, it was supposed to have been mine. Like what my dad had told me, like someday you'll take over this church, someday this will be yours. And I, I was being groomed for ministry, but at 16 I wasn't old enough. And so there was another pastor who came in, and and Pastor Scott, that pastor, that's big shoes to fill for my dad. It was the the pressure was overbearing to try to do that. And about a year in, he told the church on a Sunday morning that God told him to marry the secretary and that the secretary's husband was supposed to marry his wife it was wife swap before the TV show and uh, and 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 pastor Scott my my dad the church that they pioneered and worked so hard for was gone like that overnight nobody wants to go to a church where God says those things so overnight my inheritance was was gone and 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 I I, I just stopped serving God. I, st I started doing my own thing because I was so hurt by church. But you know what? I, I, even though I was hurt in church, I realized that God started asking me to pray for this guy. And his name was Dennis. And I can remember the first prayer that I prayed for Dennis. I was like, God, I don't even want to pray for him, but I pray he doesn't die of leprosy. That was like my first prayer. And he kept on telling me to keep praying. My second prayer was like, God, love him. Then I pray another week, God, I'm just, just, just help him. Then fourth week, God, God, I know you love him. I, God, he made mistakes, but God, I thank you that you love him. Seventh week, God, I just pray, God, I just pray somehow you grab a hold of his heart and help him with his family and help him with these situations. Eighth week, God, I just declare that you're the God of second chances, that you're a God of new beginnings. God, I thank you that if you can rescue me, you can rescue him. By the 10th week, God, I prophesy and declare that you have purpose and destiny for his life. Did you know what happened the 10th week? The 10th week, I was putting on an event as a youth pastor. Thousands of people were at my event that I was putting on, and guess who I saw come to my event? It was Dennis. And I yelled across the building, Dennis! And I saw his eyes, look at my eyes, and he didn't know if I was gonna punch him in the throat, anoint him with my shoe, come on, you know what I mean? And I went up to him, and I gave him the biggest hug said I'm so glad that you're here why because God wanted to heal me of what had happened in my past because if I would have never gotten healed of my past then what could I even say today to this church if I was still holding on to what had happened and the hurt and I tell, tell you I came all the way from Los Angeles to tell you that you may have been hurt in the past you may have been said something about in the past you may have been wounded in the past but God has such great future for you today 
that he's going to heal you. He's going to help you. He's going to restore you. And no longer do you have to be like this to your pastors or to your church. But today is a day of unity. Today is a powerful day of where you say, come on together. We can see God do great things. Would you grab your neighbor by the hand? Grab your neighbor by the hand. Father God, we pray for the person on our left. We pray for the person on our right. God, the pains that they've experienced, the betrayal and the hurt, we declare the rewind button to be broken. And we declare who the sun sets free is free indeed. Father God, we pray for this church right now. Father God, we pray that we would be the example to this community. They won't find it at the university. They won't find it in the workplace. They won't find it in politics but that the world would see what true unity is and they would find it at this church in these campuses in these locations father god we pray right now for that person on our right and our left holy spirit work with us on our tone let us speak with love that we will not just be 100 percent right and then wrong with how we respond but we will be 100 percent right on what we our convictions are and our tone in the name of Jesus father God I thank you that those five daughters all had different personalities different giftings father God we're thankful for the person on our left and thankful for the person on our right God we thank you we are different but together together there is blessing in unity we declare it in Jesus name now with every head all eyes closed every head bowed everybody's got a hold of somebody's hand it's such a privilege and honor to be here all the points I hope in your notebooks were good but if there was one moment that I prayed about this morning it was this moment right here I believe that I am called and destined and part of my purpose why I have such a rough background is because God has created me to help make heaven party and you know, the Bible says that if one person comes back to Jesus, one person that is lost is found, the Bible says that the angels rejoice in heaven. I told you my story, I didn't tell you all of it, but I was hurt in church, wounded, did my own thing. Man, I did everything to try to ruin my purpose and destiny, but God protected me. God had put a hedge of protection around me. And I am that prodigal son. I came back and I'll never forget. I didn't come back to a church that knew who I was. I went to a church that nobody knew who I was. I sat in the very back. Nobody knew who my dad was. Didn't know the calling that was on my life. I sat on the back, a church much like yours with pastors that loved people, a church much like yours with incredible praise and worship, church much like yours, uh, just filled with diversity and filled with love. And I sat in that back that pastor said, is there anybody here that needs to rededicate, reconnect their life, or accept Jesus Christ for the very first time? I want you to know, I knew that I knew that I knew I could not run from God anymore. I knew I'd been dealing with depression and suicide, and I knew if I didn't make that decision right then, it would keep me from living what God wanted and intended for me. And I believe that if you're in the sound of my voice today, you're not here by accident. You are in God's calendar because he wanted to meet with you. 
And I'm going to ask you to do something. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm not asking you if you've been in church. I'm asking you to have a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, or today you say, you know what? I'm off track. I'm, I'm that prodigal son or daughter. I'm not serving him. I'm away from him. And today, this Thanksgiving weekend, I want to rededicate and recommit my life. I'm going to ask you to do something brave, and I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to count the three. And if that's you, I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand and say, that's me. I need this morning to rededicate my life. This morning, I want to reconnect my life. This morning, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. Come on, I'm counting to three right now. One, you're not here by accident. Two, it's no mistake that you're here. Three, right now, if that's you, I want you to just squeeze your neighbor's hand. Just let them know, that's me. I'm making a decision today to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm making a decision today to rededicate, reconnect my life with every head bowed, all eyes closed. If somebody squeezed your hand or you squeezed somebody's hand, I want you to lift it up in the air right now. You squeeze somebody's hand or your hand was squeezed, I want you to lift it up in the air right now. Yep, I see that hand back there. Yep, see that hand over there. Yep, see that hand over there. Yep, see that hand over there on the side. Yep, see that hand over there on the side. Yep, see that hand in the back. Yep, 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 I see that hand in the very back. Yep, yep, see that hand right there. Come on, you can let go of your neighbor's hand. Come on, would you give Jesus a big shout of praise? Come on, would you give Jesus a big shout of praise? This morning, you squeeze somebody's hand. This morning, you squeeze somebody's hand. I want you to just wave it at me right now. You squeeze somebody's hand. Would you just lift it high? Yep, 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 right there. Anybody else? Come on, just high enough and long enough so that I can see it. High enough and long enough. Yep, yep, yep. High enough and long enough. Yep, high enough and long enough. Yep, high enough and long enough. Come on, anybody else? High enough and long enough. Come on, what are they doing in heaven right now? Everybody say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I've messed up. I've fallen short. I've sinned. Would you come into my heart? Would you be my Lord and Savior? Would you lead me? And would you guide me? Would you be my friend? From today on, I'm serving you. Thank you for dying on the cross. And thank you that on the third day, you rose again so that I could live an abundant life in Jesus name come on one more time what are they doing in heaven right now come on somebody give Jesus some praise in this place come on give a big shout one time come on yeah yes God I'm gonna ask you to be seated for a moment we're gonna receive a special offer but while you're being seated let me just say as dad of the house I knew that he was supposed to speak. I knew it because I, I, the enemy wrestled with me, honestly, even though he's a very dear friend. And God kept going, no. And there are reasons and in, in, in Christmas time and all these things. And, and the Lord said, no, no. Pastor Israel, we thank you for obeying God today with that word. Come on, was that powerful? Yes. We are many, but we are one. We are many, but we are one. And a word comes like, like that comes along. I knew the word was going to bring alignment. You know, even when I'm praying as pastor this morning when I was in prayer, I said, Lord, speak to Scott and speak to Pastor Scott. Speak to me, my family, because I've been asking God a lot of questions lately. Speak, and, and, and anything I need to hear, Lord, I just sit there. Because when I have a guest speaker, I'm not sitting there going, man, yeah, tell us. You know, I'm saying, Lord, tell me first. I never sit and listen to a word like that, ever. I always listen to a word first for me. A lot of people even listen to a word so they can re-preach it. 
to somebody that they think needs to hear it and they never hear it themselves. That's what Peter did. We talked about that last week. He thought everybody was, Jesus was talking to everybody in the room but him. And so we need to hear this word. What a powerful word. You know, you've heard the phrase, we're better together. It's true. The principle of unity, it's not a commandment. It's a principle. There's a difference. The principle of unity works. It brings power. The power of one. And I am so grateful for this word today. Absolutely. It ministered to Scott. Ministered to me and things that's, that you, he and I have not spent. He watched the ball game with me. Did we talk about church at all? Did I talk about Daystar at all to you? Did I tell you anything that's happened in the last couple months? You were on point. One million percent. And there's a reason why the Lord didn't want us to talk about church, which a lot of times preachers, when we get together, we do, but we just need to learn how to watch a ball game and have a good time together. And so he came in town last night, watched the ball game with us. As soon as the ball game was over, he went to the hotel to rest because he's been just going, going, going. And, and so I'm just so thankful that we didn't talk because, and I know that's how you are. That's how I, when I go and visit and preach at other places, I don't want them to tell me about the church or things or things that are going on. I just want to hear God. Thank you for hearing the Holy Spirit. You were not out of bounds at all today. Not one ounce. And I can't wait to have you back. Cannot wait to have you back. How many would like for Pastor Israel to come back?